This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. Today we have a special programme, once again from the Evening Standard's Vaccine for the Wild project, which is exploring the global response to the COVID-19 pandemic. In this edition of The Leader, let us introduce you to Maggie Mkandawie, an extraordinary woman who is making a huge difference in her home country of Malawi. Coming along in three, two, one, smile, action. Can I please know you? Um, my name is Maggie Mkandawie. And my stage name is Katla. You and the boy thoughts on you. Back in March 2020, Maggie and Kondawie was learning bass guitar with ambitions to be a musician. She had a place at the academy in Malawi's capital, the Longwe. Then that virus that became known as COVID-19 hit Africa. We stopped going to school and I decided to come back home as we were waiting for schools to reopen. So as I was staying at home. Home is a 12-hour bus drive away from the city in a small village in the Karonga district on the edge of Lake Malawi. It is beautiful, but it's also kind of boring for a young woman who just got used to life in the bustling capital. We were just staying at home and everything was stopped and we had to find a way of sourcing money. I met up with some friends and we started making face masks and they were from Chitenje fabric. So basically our project and every idea that we continued started from that time onwards. But here's the problem. There's not a lot of money in Karongo. People there aren't wearing face masks, not through some grand political statement, but because they can't afford them. So we decided to help by making those face masks and donating in schools, churches, and also in the communities that we could manage. Malawi has a growing issue with COVID-19. A third wave is underway and the country's reporting 100 deaths per week. Just 2% of its entire population has been vaccinated. The coronavirus situation in Karonga since uh, last year reached our first case uh, on 25th April last year. And as of now, the number of cases we've registered uh, are 550 cases. Elias Firas is the Karonga District's senior health officer. Few people at first were uh, exchange masks 
you could even see them wearing a mask for several days without not even washing them. So Max Project was trying to teach people that the Tengi mask should be worn only in a day and then it should be washed and then possibly the next day you should either put on a new, a new mask or that one which would have dried by the next day. With more people now wanting masks, Maggie's group, Pimosa Nachifama, began expanding, motorbiking around Karonga to teach tailors how to make reusable ones from a traditional cotton fabric called Chitengi that sold for around nine pence, far more affordable than disposable ones. Donations are also made to the most vulnerable. But face masks can only do so much. What Malawi needs are vaccines, and it also needs people to take them. It was an event put on for the cameras. 20,000 doses of Malawi's COVID-19 vaccine allocation laid out to be destroyed. The country defied calls from the World Health Organization to not do so. The Malawi Health Minister, Kuzimbe Kandodo, herself presided over the incineration. Let me uh, assure Malawians that they should not get worried that indeed because we have destroyed these vaccines, they will not have enough. No, as a country, we are committed that we have some which we are using now, but we're still going to get more till we reach our target, which is having at least 11 million Malawians uh, getting the AstraZeneca vaccine. The burning of thousands of expired vaccine doses in Malawi in June was deliberately stage-managed to be a shock. The government wanted the public to see it and persuade the hesitant to get injected. They're fighting against a tidal wave of rumour, speculation and misinformation. Why some people are not willing to take the vaccine is because of the misinformation that goes around in the social medias. Uh, some of these myths which are going around the district is possibly like uh, if you get the vaccine, you want to be able to pay your children. Or oh, this is connected, like it's an engineered virus. And then the other myth which was also very common in the district was that the vaccine is a sign of 666. People are saying that if you get a vaccine, then you are joining the certain cult. As for Pamosa Najfama, when we sat down, we were making face masks from Chitenje, we thought it would be better that we broadcast this information to a larger scale. I'm here at Tuntufia radio station. So we were working hand in hand with Tuntufia radio station so that they help us broadcast the information more into the part of awareness. <laughs> Maggie's been doing a weekly show on radio stations, busting those myths as they arrive. That's in addition to chairing Pomoza Nachifama, in addition to continuing to make sure those face masks get made, in addition to speaking to local people face to face. It's a huge amount of work for a 24-year-old who a couple of years ago just wanted to play music in a band. But it is working, and Elias Firas is grateful. That's why when you see our figures... When we're starting, I think we could vaccinate 20 people per day, 30 people per day. But as time goes on with Max Project going into, 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 the, into, into the community, we found that uh, towards May, June, we could, we could vaccinate 400 people in a day. People flock into the district hospital looking for a vaccine. People from over, from over Karonga, you could, people would feel, would get a call from Ghana, would get a call from Wiriro to get a call from Chirumba asking for a vaccine. 
Maggie's still singing, still performing when she can, writing what she calls empowering songs about being human and how we can live. My hopes for my community now and in the future is us uh, taking things seriously. It should start with us, whatever we do. If we take good care of ourselves, we'll do the same to other people and learn through others, not just be ignorant for no reason, so that maybe you have a reason to argue or fight with people over something that you make an issue out of it. But let us learn and understand things and go to the right people that we can actually have the right information. And that's the Leader Podcast. Head to the Optimist page at standard.co.uk and check out our Vaccine for the World project. You can learn more about Maggie and some of the other incredible people working in Africa to fight COVID-19. The Leader Podcast is back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.